Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, before we jump into the ECU game, which I'm not really excited to jump into that, but we will here shortly. But um, I want to give a shout-out to Bearcat fan John White on Twitter, at John White 17 And um, I think you guys saw that tweet um, that he sent to us. Uh, what was it? Uh Man, it's just a couple of days ago. Yeah. You know, yeah, I did see it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Right. Like, yeah. John, John, John always supports, man. I appreciate him. Yeah, we appreciate John always sharing our podcast and all the content that we put out. So really appreciate the, the love and support from John White. Just wanted to read his tweet real quick. He said, uh, just wanted to say how much I enjoy the Bearcat B-Ball tip-off podcast. Always good convo and analysis. Hopefully y'all can keep it going in the off season time from time to time. And that this tweet is brought to you by Taxley Accounting. Service. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. We, we, we appreciate you and all the Bearcat fans out there to check us out. So, all right, fellas, let's jump right into it and recap the ECU game. Ugh. The Bearcats go down to ECU 71 to 75 in Greenville. JT, and this is my sad voice. JT, <laughs> thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Oh, man. This is like, this hurts me because I have to be like honest, man. It was just super disappointing. <laughs> and I'm sugarcoating it because yeah. it, was, it was bad. It was bad, man. Up 16 in the second half. The thing is, like, even when they were up, they were playing solid. But, man, they were getting punked on a, on a glass from the jump. And that was, like, one of the things is, like, man, they got to keep this up because they aren't getting any rebounds. And it wasn't like ECU was just playing just so good to me. Like, they just outworked them and start walking them down, man. It was just – it was rough. Super rough. I mean, when they got hot, I don't know. Only thing I could have say, maybe they could have maybe like try to change it up and go zone or something to change it up, just to shock them a little bit. Because our offense was just cold. I mean, we had some good shots that didn't make them, but then it was a couple that I thought were like kind of forced. Um, so it was like execution was bad. Then it was like the shot selection. I mean, it's the gift and the curse because we we're a jump shooting team, but at the same time. Um, you're up 16. You can't in this, with nine minutes left. You can't lose that game. Not against ECU. Mm-hmm. Like it's no excuse for ECU. Houston, you might can. You still don't. You shouldn't lose to Houston if you're up that much with that much time left. And then against ECU, damn sure you shouldn't lose that game. So I can understand why people are ticked off um a little bit because you know it's, it's Cincinnati basketball. So with Cincinnati basketball, it's Cincinnati expectations, and it's a little bit different. It's not like no disrespect to NKU, but people aren't going to be in a tizzy about NKU basketball blowing a game the same way they're going to be about. You see blowing a game that they should win. And it's 
been a common theme lately. So um, it's, it's, it's just been interesting, man. And, um, and it, it was a bad, real, real bad loss. Sad. I agree. Uh, Neil, what stuck out to you? Yeah, I think what stuck out was you're getting, obviously, the Battle of the Glass. Uh, ECU won 46 to 27 on the boards. I mean, that's the big statistic that jumps out right at right away once you look down at the stat sheet. But overall, I mean, you can see how much Victor Locken is missed here uh, in the last few games. Obviously, he went down in the two-lane game with an ankle injury. But you could just see how much his presence was missed. I mean, ECU just dominated the glass. Uh, Ezra Asar came into the game averaging four and four, I believe, and he popped off for 14 and 14. Like, if a guy's averaging four boards, like, can't can't allow him to get 14 and on you in a game where you're up 16. So, obviously, the being up 16 was a huge factor. I mean, the guy outscored 26, or I believe it was like 28 to six in the last nine minutes. So, overall, you can't you can't let that run happen. You have to find some momentum there to really uh, keep the ball rolling in your favor. But overall, like that that last nine minutes was the game changer. I mean, obviously, they were up 16. Even that's even with being dominated on the glass. I mean. Uh, I believe we shot 47% from the field. I mean, Jeremiah Davenport came out and just continued his uh, hot streak as of late. I mean, I think he had a quick, what, nine in the span of like four minutes off the bench. So finished with 19. Landers finished with 19. Overall, I mean, that that's the huge statistic that jumps out to you when you look back on this game. And if you rewatch it, it's the battle of the glass. I mean, 46 to 27, That's that's a huge – advantage and I mean without your rim presence and Victor Lockin uh that's that's what sticks out like you just have you, they miss Victor Lockin's rim presence his ability inside they just miss Victor Lockin all the way around so hopefully they can get him back soon and they can start to turn it around I mean you have a very big four game stretch here to end the season uh three teams in the top four of the AAC standings uh maybe after tonight things might be changing but Overall, they have a huge stretch ahead of them, so they're going to need Victor Locken for that run. We said last podcast that uh, we were concerned about this game because it just never seems to go well at ECU. And as I look back, this might be one of the worst losses um, at ECU that I can remember. One that I should say one that hurt the most. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, JT? And, and there were – to, and I looked this up, 4,065. Yeah, for sure. You know, it wasn't that many people there. No. I mean, but then the thing is, like, they they normally the Bearcats struggle all the way around it at ECU, so you kind of see it coming. This one, they didn't struggle as much. They, had the, they were getting dominated on the glass the whole time. But besides that, they were playing pretty good. So it was like I've never seen them, like – get that kind of lead and then falter at ECU. I can't remember that. Like that's, that's what hurts more so than anything. Well, well okay, we're up eight at, at half, right? Yep. So get out scored 46 to 34 in the second half. ECU has, what, five guys in double figures? Yep. Killed on the glass, as you guys said. Just just an epic collapse. And that's yeah. I think that's what hurts the most because, you know, I told you guys, you you we we've got that text uh, group chat thread we have going, and 
I had to go to a high school basketball game last night. I went to the Milford Oak Hills game, and I've got my ESPN app open, ESPN Plus app, and I'm watching the Bearcats just periodically and watching the high school game. And I'm like, okay, when I get home, I'm going to really dive into and watch the game. But I just wanted to keep track of the score. And I'm going to be honest. I saw we were up eight at half. I said, okay, cool. And then I saw we kept getting up, and I said, mm. and, and the guys that were with me, uh, some of my buddies, I was like, I uh, showed them, I was like, oh, we got this. So I turned my phone off. Uh, <laughs> I closed out the app. I thought we were good. And yeah. we weren't. And then my phone started blowing up um, when I was in the parking lot at Lakota West High School. And I'm like, oh, and I just keep seeing people like embarrassing, epic collapse. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, they did not lose. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like, I think my son went to bed. He was like, how'd they lose that game? I think I was like, man, don't got enough time. And what's crazy too is they did it without their leading scorer in Javon Small, who's missed the last month with injury. And that's someone who was averaging 16 points a game roughly. So they did this all without their leading scorer as well. And, it, and, that, and that brings me to this. And I, and I hate to make excuses. And I'm, and I'm not trying to do that for this particular game because – with our roster, we should be able to beat ECU with the current roster we have. But I think the impact of having Vic out, Newman has been out all year, Fennessey, yeah. you know, huge impacts on this team all season. And in, and in my opinion, and what I'm trying to get to with this is we just haven't been able to get into a consistent flow, a consistent pattern of, of winning. Just when we think we're like getting over that hump, yep. it gets hurt. You know what I'm saying? It's just like yeah. always. And, and I've said this from the time we knew that Newman was going to be out for an extended period. He was the guy that I think, I think he put everybody in the right spot. Yeah, yeah. When I Newman see. was on, it shifted everything. Um, having Fennessy, you know, there, hurt, back doing some good things defensively, giving some minutes. Yep. Then he gets hurt again. Yep. It was just like blow after. And I I don't want to use those as, those as excuses. We should have BDCU. But at the end of the day, it's a reality. Guys are hurt, and it keeps shifting things. They just can't get in a consistent flow. Yeah. And, I mean, as we mentioned, those two injuries to Newman and Finnessy, those, those are two massive injuries that not many people could really see. Uh, especially with Rob, like Rob's a, one of the, the best on-ball defenders and not just on this UC team, but in all of college basketball. I mean, we saw it in the UCF game early on. I believe it, no, it was USF game early on. We saw it there. We saw him, how he really shifted momentum last week. But then on top of it, you're losing John Newman, who was a projected starter coming into this season. So you lose a guy like Newman who hasn't been able to play. Now you're losing a guy who, A, has that veteran experience, is a terrific on-ball defender as well. So they're arguably without their two best defenders. A guy like Newman can not only affect the game on the defensive end, but can do it on the offensive end as well. So he's a guy with great length, great athleticism, and it's something they've been missing all year, uh, especially now that he's been out with this injury. Um, I mean, it's it's been a huge blow to see. They have had to adjust basically all season without two of their best defenders. And I mean, that's, that's not easy to replace either. Here's the thing. Those are big minutes guys. Vic, mm -hmm. Newman, 
Fennessey was going to play probably not as many minutes as a, as a, as Vic and Newman, but those are big minute guys, man. I, and I'm here to say, listen, in college sports, you're going to have injuries, right? You're going to have guys get hurt. You gotta, you gotta deal with that. But those three, if we didn't have those three guys injured, I truly believe we'd be looking at a different basketball team. Now I'm not saying we'd be undefeated, not saying we'd beat Houston and, but I, We'd see a better basketball product right now. I yeah. Think we'd be a different song. You agree with that, JT? Yeah, I think so too. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now, today, the Bearcats take on UCF at noon in Orlando, Florida. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Mios for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, we always start with you. Who from the Bearcats needs to play well and why? Man, it's a good question, man. It's pretty much everybody. Um, that's, <laughs> I, I, I guess not a single person really can single out right now um and normally and i'm not taking a cheap way out but when you lose to ecu man it uh changes the way you look at the the team and how you look at it but um if i were to single out i would say um it would be odie odie oguama i think he has to be the guy that um doesn't allow the bearcats to get dominated on the glass um because against the ecu you got i mean when it's a 2019 rebound difference that's just unacceptable so even without Vic I understand he can't you know control the the paint the same way Vic is because he's not as big and lengthy but at the same time man like he has to um take it as a challenge or a sign of disrespect that people are going in the paint and just taking the getting mass rebounds like this right now with him being the main patroller down there him and Kalu um, they got to kind of take this personal. So I think Odie needs to have like a, a 10, 10 to 13 rebound game against e- UCF because um, Hendricks isn't going to play. Um, he's coming, he's coming for blood. They beat him, you know, at UC and then, uh, or UC beat them at home, but now they're, they're going to be at UCF's home and we're going to see what, what happens. But I, I think Odie has to take it personal that the Bearcats are getting killed on the glass lately. Now, Neil, UCF is 15 and 9 right now. Who do we need to watch out for from the Knights? Yeah, uh, JT kind of hit on him a little bit. It's definitely Taylor Hendrickson. I mean, he's still top 25 pick, projected mid round, first round, uh, uh, projected, well, yeah, mid round draft pick. So Taylor Hendrickson is going to be coming out for revenge. I mean, we saw what he was able to do back a couple weeks ago here at Fifth Third Arena. He drew a lot of eyes to Fifth Third Arena. I believe, if I remember right, there was 18 NBA scouts over 14 different teams in attendance that evening. But, however, Taylor Hendrickson, if Vic is unable to go, Taylor Hendrickson is going to look to establish his way inside. And that's where, as JT mentioned, Odia Guama will have to see big minutes. Kalua Zipke will have to see big minutes. But Taylor Hendrickson is the uh, glue. Hendricks, Hendricks, Hendricks. Yeah, Taylor Hendricks is the play to the guy that makes that team go. When Hendricks goes, he 
we've seen what he's capable of. He's a projected first round draft pick for a reason. However, they do have phenomenal guards. I believe CJ Kelly had a huge second half versus us the last time around and was the guy that really sparked that second half comeback. So overall, those are two guys you have to keep an eye on, but Hendricks is going to be the guy that makes that team go. And me personally, I'm going to look for them to go at Hendricks early and try to find a way to get him involved, especially if Vic is unable to go. Uh, Hendricks is a guy who's 6'9", I believe, very long, lengthy, can score on all three levels. He's a really good defender. So uh, that's the guy that's going to stick out the most here come uh, Sunday for uh, the Bearcats and uh, UCF. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. So, Neil, we'll stay with you. I know you talked a little bit about what they might do offensively. But defensively, what should we look out for from UCF, especially if Vic doesn't play? If Vic does not, if Vic is unable to go, I they're going to be big. They're going to be physical. We know that, especially coming off a very close loss to Memphis. Obviously, they just fell. 64 to 63 and over right at the buzzer here uh, not too long ago versus Memphis. So they're coming out with revenge. So look for Taylor Hendricks to really uh, make an impact early, whether it's on Odio Guama, Kalua Zipke, or even Landers Nolly. Like Taylor Hendrickson is going to come out and try to disrupt the Bearcats early. So if they're going to come out defensively, I would not be surprised if we see a couple zone looks uh, for the Knights defensively. I'm not sure, JT, if you remember right. I can't remember if the Knights threw out that zone look there in the first matchup, but I believe they did at one point to really kind of disrupt it for a couple possessions. So yeah. I'm not really sure if they're going to come out and throw that zone look again, but I wouldn't be surprised if Brian, if uh, they do come out and throw that zone look. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services for friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it. Come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. The Kenyon Segment. Sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, this is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Man, they have to get good shots. Um, sounds generic, but they can't get beat on the boards like they did against ECU. And I feel like the last couple games, they've been getting dominated. I think that's really more important than turnovers. And then they can't bank on turning UCF over on the road like they did at home. So I think the rebounding part is going to be huge because I don't think um, UCF is going to turn it over 25 times again like they did at Fifth Third Arena. It's going to be a totally different environment, and the Bearcats have to play tight, and they can't think it up, man. They can't allow UCF to walk them down. They got to be able to stop those runs, and that's, you know, Justin here and there. They got to do it. I know they don't have all their pieces like they expected at the beginning of the year, but they got to – they got to adjust with, you know, what they have and hopefully be able to finish it off on the road because the, the road has been unkind to them lately. <laughs> and that's putting it lightly, you know, um, you know, two games in a row, three games in a row, honestly, that they could have won on the road that they allowed the team to walk them down. That's even before Vic getting hurt. So it's 
it's you know it's out there they got it they got to adjust and and um keep keep pushing and get a couple wins on the road uh neil i'm even scared to answer this question because <laughs> i don't know <laughs> if we win big what do the bearcats need to do to win big <laughs> uh to win big obviously i mean they're gonna have to get, come out with a great shooting start as we saw earlier this season they're gonna have to come out lights out they can't have these spurts where they go five six minutes without a field goal uh once you do that this ucf team will put it on you especially without uh vic if he's unable to go as we mentioned but this is a ucf team that's just sitting on the outside now of i believe they're going to be sitting in sixth heading into this matchup in the aac after they fell to memphis temple fell to wichita state so they're going to go to the five seed but overall this team's going to be hungry they're the same situation the Bearcats are in. So they're going to try to do whatever they can to come in here at home, get a big victory, and really trying to solidify their spot as they look to make that climb in the AAC standings heading into conference tournament play. But overall, if the Bearcats want to come out and win, they have to, A, win the glass. They have to find a way to win the glass. And, B, they have to come out and they have to get offense going early whether it's Landers Nolly, David DeJulius, Jeremiah Davenport, Odio Guama, Kalu, they have to find a way to get the offense going early. And if they can get the offense going early and they can establish the momentum and keep the momentum, I think there's a chance they could maybe blow this thing out. I believe we beat them by eight the first time, eight or nine the first time. And it was a late eight or nine. Like it was close all the way up until the end. But if they can keep that momentum going, if they establish the momentum early and really could put keep their foot on the gas and extend that lead and play for a whole 40 minutes and win the battle of the glass with good shot selection, I believe they can possibly beat them by a good 7 to 10 points. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Uh, I, I got a couple things I got thrown here. Man. Like, like we said, we need Vic, plain and simple. Right when when he went out, we knew there potentially could be some problems. We need Vic back. My other thing is, where the hell is Josh Reed? What happened to Josh Reed? Yeah, yeah, he's out of the rotation. Yep. You know, and honestly, I, I would like to see Josh Reed get some minutes. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel. I'm not saying he's coming in like gangbusters, but I think he does positive things when he gets in the game. Yeah, uh, he does. He does some different things than other people doing the game, and we need that right now. Yeah, it, it don't like the thing with Reed. Like it won't hurt, it, even if right now we're losing, right? So like we're losing. I rather Reed and Skillings fall face down right now. I think it's gonna. I rather them play and mess up than the than the the latter because we're gonna lose. Not gonna probably get to the goal that we might have set out at the beginning of the season. Now I know there's people probably not want won't hear that, but it's real. Um, I think you give them as many minutes as possible because you want them to be as game ready um as possible next year because the Big 12 is not for the weak at heart. It ain't it ain't no damn AAC. Now I'll tell you that now. <laughs> so um um and that's just being real. So I say law give them all the minutes in the world. I mean, especially when stuff is going bad. Without Vic, you, I mean, you don't have much room for error. Um, so I, I just probably would just say, hey, you got to play small ball four, and I need some rebounds, with Josh, and then give me some buckets. Um, but uh, yeah, I, he, I definitely think he should play. Um, 
for sure. Yeah. Um, now, now I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel, but I, I, I don't know after this, um, you know, they just played Memphis, right? And um, yeah. Memphis beats them by, well, they beat them by two? One at the buzzer. One at the buzzer. Left. I, I don't know how it plays into the psyche of UCF. I don't know if that they're going to be extra motivated, if they're a little down and crushed. I mean, you never know. These are college kids. You just don't know what they're what they're going through. But um, that, that could impact the game. I, I don't know. Um, but I tell you what, there is there's something I want to bring up. And I mentioned this young man last time that I was hoping to see Mike Adams would play a little bit better. And the game against ECU, fellas, he played 34 minutes, had four points, and that was it. Like there, go look at the stat line. Everything yeah. else was like zeros. Yeah. And and listen, I love Shuey. He's a great kid, like always greets me with a smile. But man, he needs to get going. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what he needs to do to get going or finding that mojo again. But um, we, we got we got to get that mojo going. Yeah, for sure. Because you got to think about it, man. You don't really have a, a person you could put in anymore. I mean, with Rob being gone for the season, that hurts a lot. And with uh, Micah not playing like he was at the beginning of the season, it, it's it's a glaring glaring need or glaring hole right now that needs to, you know he, he, i mean it'll be welcome that if he gets back rolling like how he was at the beginning of the season or the middle of the season yeah i mean because they only really this this last game this ecu game they really only played six and a half guys if you look at it so yeah. jeremiah comes off the bench he'll play 30 plus minutes yeah. you know dan only played what 12 12 14 you know, yeah Jared got in for a hot minute, so yeah. and that's it. So that's all they played with. Um, and then you look down. You mentioned it earlier. I mean, if you're running Landers, Nolly, and David DeJulius out there for 37 minutes a game, I mean, that's that's the wear and tear on two veteran guys. So having Mike Adams Woods really step up here, yes, within the next four, that that's what you need to see, especially if we're going to run out Landers, yeah. Nolly, and David DeJulius for that time frame obviously michael played 34 minutes by the looks of it but with those numbers i mean it's there's not much room for error as you as we mentioned i mean those are the three veteran guys where you're going to need some production uh from especially as of late like down late in the stretch like you're going to need some production from those guys obviously landers and david have been doing it all season micah had that stretch where he was averaging yeah what double figures and then he slowly started to fall off. So if he can get back into that realm of things and pop off for a nice 10 to 12, roughly yeah. they get back in that range. That'd be phenomenal for this team down the stretch. He could, he, he could be the difference. And, and, and it's gotta be more than just points because looking at the ECU game, I don't think he took a free throw. I don't think he took a three point shot. I don't know that he got a rebound. Help me out, Neil. You're the stat guy. I don't know that he had an assist. I mean, yeah, yeah, he had zero three pointers attempted. Did not make it to the foul line. Zero yep. rebounds yep. and zero assists. So obviously, this team is a different team when Micah Adams Woods is able to feed off of David DeJulius and uh, dish the ball around. So I mean, he was one of the top rated point guards in the assist to turnover ratio at uh, one point last season and earlier this season. So if you can get 
get yeah. him back going, that thing pop, uh, have the ball pop around the court a little bit and get him to score a little bit. If we can get Mike Adams Woods back in there, I think this team is in great hands heading down the final stretch as well. But Mike Adams Woods is going to be that difference maker here in the in the next stretch if they can get things going. And, and listen, I think we have to take better shots and run some stuff at the end of the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? for sure, for sure. Got to change it up. We can't go be as free flowing. I think in the last like three minutes of the game, because uh, what like what's happening is like teams are scoring, boom, and then we're coming down trying to match it and you got to match it by the same time i think we're hunting the match besides trying to run run something and get something maybe going downhill a little bit more than getting that three you know mm-hmm. um so i think that's got to be something that's you know done because they don't have the players just to free flow it right now you know what i mean yeah, no question um and then you know you got more talent you can do more stuff that's not just to any of the kids it's just that you don't have just a whole bunch of Landers Nollies on the team. You got, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So you got to, at last three minutes, you kind of have to scheme it up. Like you, you could play like that, play a little bit more loosey goosey the first 37 minutes. But I think that last three minutes, you kind of have to scheme up some stuff and it might be something out of their realm. But um, maybe, you know, you got Julius off the ball, got him coming, catching some curls, something, you know, something where you can get him going downhill where he's not having just to do the step back or shoot a late second three. Are you getting Nolly? You know, I think they did a little bit where they got him in the mid post last game, but at the same time, I think they got to do a little bit of stuff maybe where they get him moving off the ball, maybe kind of have him cutting some too if he's, if he's not off or something, you know, just some little something different, different wrinkle because the shooting, like, you know, you live by the three, die by the three. Right now, we've been dying by it. So, and that's the second big road game they they died on the sword. So, um, they got they got to make some adjustments on that because they got they got a good enough team. They don't have the greatest team, of course, but they don't have. You're up double digits or up a significant amount of points. You gotta you gotta pull that off, especially on the road because you don't have that home crowd to to pull you through like they did in that UCF game. Yeah, and you mentioned getting downhill. That's going back to our last conversation topic there in the conversation. That's where Micah Adams Woods, in my opinion, has been the most effective because when he gets downhill and attacks, especially on the left-handed side, obviously he is left-handed. So if he gets down and attacks downhill, we've seen what he's been able to do. And I think over that period of time where Micah Adams Woods had that, what was it, six, seven game stretch where he was scoring that 10 to 18 points, I believe he finished with 18 at Houston. But he is so effective when he can get downhill and attack downhill. I mean, if you can get downhill and attack, and it, it starts with Mike Adams Wood. So if you can find him on a little curl screen or even get the, uh, David DeJulius downhill and attack, those two guys are so effective when they are going downhill and attacking. And obviously, Mike, that's where Mike Adams Woods, as I mentioned, has been so effective. And I mean, if like we said, if we can get him downhill and get him going, that'll be a huge a huge step forward, especially down in the last four games heading into conference tournament play. And, and listen, as we were talking about execution at, at the end of games, and specifically with the ECU game, got to remember this, man. You've got the, the guys who are probably going to be the shot takers and shot, shot makers at the end of the game to execute are playing. Listen, Landers, 37 minutes. Juice, 37 minutes. Micah 34, JD yeah. 34. These dudes are tied. These dudes, I don't care what you say they're tied. It's like, you know, I'm a big boxing fan. So let's say you've got a boxer in 
He's getting off early. Pop, pop, pop. Get some yeah. shots. Got him on the ropes. But he starts to get tired. Yeah. Right? And then the yeah. other the other fighter starts to see that. Boom, boom. Lands a couple shots. Starts walking him down. Pop, yeah. pop, pop. And then next thing you know, boom. He knocks that guy. It's like, how did that happen? Yeah. Just, you know, guys get tired. Um, yeah. And I, I think – you know, as we look at, you know, some bad shots that have taken, maybe not executing what – and I'm sure there's – coming out of timeouts, there's no way these guys are always running what West drew up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they might see something like, – like, listen, you want to give a guy like Juice and Landers who are veterans, you want to give them a little bit of leeway to say, hey, here's the script. But if you want to improv that you see something, then do it. Yeah, and I think that happens. But when you get tired, man, your mind goes, and you just sometimes don't make great decisions. Yeah, make great, great shots. True, uh, true. Right. So the Kenyon segment keys to the game was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Now, this is where we cover hot topics. All right, after the Bearcats lose to ECU, many Bearcat fans went on the social media to voice their displeasure with the job Coach Miller is doing down the stretch. Some, some fans have gone as far to say he can't win the big game some are even saying he is not he is not the guy to lead this program. So I'm gonna let you guys talk before I go off here a little bit. So yeah, all right. <laughs> JT, what are your thoughts on what the fans are saying? Man, okay, I understand why people are pissed in general. Because I mean, that's what makes this job so desirable because people care. So even if they say some idiotic stuff occasionally here, here and there, um, end of the day. Like, it's a lot of injuries. What hurts these last few losses is even with the injuries, they've been in very good spots. And they just – I don't think the end-of-the-game execution has been what everybody would like. So I can understand why people are saying certain stuff. But, honestly, it's stuff that can be improved on. So I don't think um, – I think people are – of course, fans go a little bit overboard. But so I don't think – I think they're going overboard on certain things, but it is some stuff that, you know, that he has to clean up a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, that's everybody. Everybody has some stuff. There's probably some people that could critique how we do our pod and say we need to clean it up as well. So um, it's just, I think it's certain things they got to clean up. I think he's put, putting them in the right direction. He is recruiting what they need. And um, it's just about, you know, making some adjustments when they have the lead or essentially later in the game to see what they can do. Um, but that, that's all feasible. But I understand why people are ticked off because the Bearcats, maybe people didn't have as much expectations for the team. But it seems like as of late, they're they're kind of just like um, barely staying afloat when they when they have a chance to, to kind of uh, make this a very, very good second season. So I understand, you know, why people are kind of upset that way. But um, I think they're going overboard on that. And I think they got to give them, give them time. But I understand if the same thing happens, you can kind of point to certain stuff. You know, you keep losing on the road when you have a nice lead. So I think they got a basis on that. But at the same time, you still got to get a man some time. Neil? Yeah. So, like JT said, obviously 
we are now in year two under Wes Miller, but you got to give him some time to let him do what he's building. Obviously, he's building phenomenal things. Yes, that's that's just Bearcat Bearcats fans. They show why they're so passionate about this team, this program, the sports. They're they're passionate about it. They care deeply about the history of the program, the expectations. But overall, they just have to they have to trust in what Wes Miller is doing. Yes, you would like to see them when uh, close out and win those games on the road. An example, NKU, this ECU loss, Tulane. Yes, you would like to see them close out. Obviously, the injuries play a big role. However, you have to let Wes Miller continue to build what he is building here in Clifton. Obviously, it's a lot people don't see on the outside that JT, myself, or you would see on the inside being a, a person who covers the team. They just have to let this man cook. Obviously, he's coming from UNC Greensboro. He's A, he had to rebuild his whole roster a season ago. So now that he's in his first full recruiting cycle this year when he brought in Josh Reed, Dan Skillings, and Sage Tolentino. But look what he's been able to do on the recruiting cycle. Yes, you like that. He's been able to recruit the players that they are needing in this program and what people would like to see. But overall, you have to give him time. But overall, you look down, everyone says, oh, yeah, you can't win the big games on the road or whatnot. Give him time. Just give him time. And that's obviously, it's it's going to take time. He had to rebuild some things, get his staff in place, get his guys in place. But overall, this team is going to be in great, this team is in great hands with Wes Miller and their staff at the head of this thing, especially making the transition to the Big 12. Wes Miller is doing a fantastic job building the program. And overall, like you just Bearcats fans, just be patient and give him some more time. If they can give him some more time, they will start to see what some other people like us have been able to see. Obviously, this team has had their highs and their lows. I mean, the lows this season include the loss to NKU, include this loss at ECU. But when this team has had the high, I wrote about it earlier, the high at Arizona in Maui. Look at what Wes Miller's game plan was for that. That game plan versus that Arizona team was a 103-94 to loss to come Monday, arguably the top team in the country, one of the top teams in the country. Look at that. Bearcats went out and put up 94 points of offense versus a team that has not given up more than 75 points more than four to five times this season. Bearcats went into Maui scored 94 points on the road on an island in Maui. The most points that Arizona has given up this season have been to the Bearcats. So Wes Miller and this staff know what they're doing. And they are, I believe they're in great hands moving forward. Obviously, you got to close out this season on a good note, heading into conference play. They finished that on a good note, hopefully get an NIT bid, end on a positive note, build that momentum heading into the Big 12. And this program's in great hands, and I think Bearcat fans just need to be patient, and they'll start to see it here very shortly. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Listen, I, I can understand if fans voice their concerns with a job a coach is doing in-game. Um, I, I get that, and, and we all do that. Um, we're all fans of different teams, and we see some things that happen game to game, and we're, we're critical, but 
overall for those that are saying this is not the right guy for the for the job to lead this program, questioning Wes on things I think bigger than just that game. Um, I, I, I disagree with them. Um, I appreciate their fandom. That's what makes Bearcat athletics so important. Um, people are so passionate about it. Um, but listen, there are several things, I think, in the ingredients to Wes Miller that make him the right guy for this job. And I think make him a little bit different. One, he has embraced the Cincinnati community. I have said this before. One of the things that made Bob Huggins a legend was not that he just won basketball games, not that he brought in some of the top players in the country, but everybody in Cincinnati had a Bob Huggins story. I don't care if you were from Xavier. I don't care if you love, you know, the Bearcats or UD or whoever. Everyone in Cincinnati had a hug story because he was out and about. He went to sports stags. He was at, unfortunately, sometimes he was at bars. He probably shouldn't have been at. He was at all. <laughs> but he was a man of the community, right? <laughs> true, true, true. Hey, JT, edit, edit that part out. Um, <laughs> edit. Hugs, here's that. Well, my phone will go. Hey, Hugs, what's up? I heard your podcast, motherfucker. Um, he will call you, too. Trust me. I've had him call me a couple times on some stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even bullshit. Uh, but West West has embraced uh, the Cincinnati community, and you want that in your coach. I don't care if it's Zach Taylor with the Bengals. I don't care if it's you know Sean Miller. Uh, who's the Reds man? <laughs> who's the Reds manager? <laughs> David Bell. Yeah, yeah. That's how bad the Reds <laughs> for a split second. Uh, but you want that person to be a community guy, and he is that. Um, he wants to be here for a long time. That's the other thing. Like, Wes, obviously, if North Carolina comes calling, it is what it is, right? We understand yeah. that. But I think he wants to be here a long time because he sees the potential here. Um, Big 12, getting some big-time recruits. He knows he can do everything he needs to do here. He's killing, in my opinion, he's killing it on the recruiting trail. Yeah, you know, sure. if, you, if you really want to look and, and just for those Bearcat fans that might not be as in tune with recruiting, me being on the AU circuit and knowing a little bit about how this, this recruiting process works, for Wes Miller to be the head coach for such a short period and not have like these outrageous results so far to get the guys that he's got now to be in the conversation with Isaiah Colliers to be in conversation with other guys that are, that I can't comment on that. I know they're recruiting. Matter of fact, I know a kid that's going to be a five-star that UC's recruiting. His brother called me the other day and I think the Bearcats have a very good chance of getting this guy in the future. Um, Wes Miller's name and his staff out there is solid. I'm yeah. telling you, I'm on the recruiting trail. I know in the AU world, I hear people say, hey, man, your new coach, man, he's good. He's good people. And that's going to go a long way. Um, here's the other thing. Players love him. Yeah. Right. Players love him. And I mean, 
<laughs> I've just given you, I've just given you things that tell me, you know, it's like you want to take all that stuff and you put it in the oven, right? People want to put things in the microwave and think they're going to happen so quickly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and it tastes better when it's in the oven. It may take a little bit longer, but it tastes better when it comes out the oven. So we got it. Like Neil, you said, we've got to give him his time. Yeah. You know, he gets in some of these guys that kind of fit his system. And there's some, there's still some things, you know, like uh, full court pressure, uh, pushing. Them. There's some there's certain style things that Wes hasn't even put in place because he doesn't have the guys to do it yet. Yep. Right. So you got to give them the uh, the opportunity. Yeah. And go ahead, JT. You want to say something? No. Yeah. That? You got. Yeah. You got to man. That's, that's the one thing you got to give him. I understand he will be ticked off of certain stuff, but. Like, okay, you know, we got some stuff we got to adjust, but at the end of the day, like, got to let them cook, man, at the end of the day. Because, I mean, the cupboard was pretty bare when he came. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't Mick when Mick came bare, but it was it was pretty bare. So you got to respect what he's doing and just kind of take a step back. You know, when you lose that game, it kind of makes it rough. And on top of the losing to Houston and losing, the, you know, Tulane and stuff like that. So it adds up, but. At the end of the day, man, you got to keep it, got to keep it in perspective. And we also talk about, as you mentioned, Alex, the relationships and the players love him. We know it personally from our story that we had with David DeJulius about the conversation he had at Miami. Now, in David's shoes, being a player and hear your coach tell you a story saying, if you fail, I'll fail right there with you. Every player or young individual, especially someone my age at the age of 23, any if you hear that from anybody, especially a head coach of any sports program team or whatever you may be in, if you hear that from someone who believes in you, that that can change everything in the mindset, the mentality. And that's what we heard from David DeJulius as well in that story he shared with us about uh, the conversation they had after the Miami game in 2021. So you talk about that conversation and David, in fact, when he told us, he was like, that was a conversation that only lasted about five minutes, but it deeply impacted and changed my life. And that's a conversation he always thinks about. Yeah. So the the last thing I want to say on this is um, for the most part, I mean, Bearcat fans understand they get it. I saw a lot of people um, on social media that were, you know, saying things that were positive in terms of, you know, we, we didn't like how this game ended. There were some games we didn't like this year, but we still have faith in, in Wes and what he's going to do. So there still are a ton of fans like that. Um, but, but for some of those that are jumping off the bridge and saying stuff like he's not the guy for the, be careful with all that stuff because what happens is, you know, no matter what you think that stuff, somebody in, in the circle of West Miller and others read that stuff and relay it. And you don't want a guy like Wes to get that, you know, start getting that feedback a lot. And he's like, well, maybe I'm not wanted here. You don't yeah. want that because I'll be honest, he will be a great coach here. He is building up, building a very positive culture. Give him his proper time. And that's, that's all I want to say about that. Anything you want to add, JT or Neil? No, no you're yeah. all good. Yeah. 
The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. 93 Ways to Mentor is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater Cincinnati area through mentoring, therapy, education, and financial support. To support, visit the website 93waystomentor.com or contact Derek Adams at 513-310-1715. Now, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Taxley, Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota, and 93 Ways to Mentor. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Talk podcast. Just a reminder, next week, I will be back at Meals for a live podcast on February 22nd from 5 to 6 p.m. before the 7 p.m. Temple game. And very soon, we're going to announce who our special guests or guests, plural, will be. The Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast is presented by Taxley. Taxley offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. But for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxley show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxley.com. To learn more and we will be back with another new episode for the february 22nd temple game um fellas real quick i got, I got a couple things i want to add before we sign off here one um i'd like to dedicate this podcast uh to my cousin tiffany um who passed away on monday um she recently uh the same thing that happened to uh Damar Hamlin with the cardiac arrest. She had a cardiac arrest as well and uh, did not survive it. Um, she died very young, 50, around 54. And yes. uh, yeah, two, uh, two daughters, two young daughters. So uh, this, this podcast is definitely uh, dedicated to her. Um, now, JT and Neil, um, I think it'd be a good idea. Do you guys want to shout out any um, um, content or anything you guys got going on real quick? Yeah, so I actually wrote a, a preview um, earlier today, breaking down the next four games for the Bearcats heading into conference play as some things to keep an eye on heading into that and uh, stuff like that. So what the Bearcats have to do, stuff like that. I really broke it down in the article, so that will be over. That's already up and published at thefrontofficenews.com, and we shared it on all platforms. So you can find it on the website as well as – mine or JT's or the front office news is Twitter, Instagram. You can find it on all three of those platforms as well as Facebook as well. Yeah. Right. Man. Uh, yeah. Same as Neil. Um, yeah. And this uh, subscribe to the YouTube page, trying to get that up, man. It's slowly but surely creeping up. So help, help us get to 1000 Bearcat nation. 1000 is the, is the magic number. Well, JT, you got to shout out the YouTube. Got time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because front office news, front office news. You you should see me or Neil's work up um, as soon as you go there. And uh, it's like a, it got some numbers after it, though. But if you go front office news, it'll be there. What uh, what do you so what content are you covering on the YouTube page? On YouTube, man, you get the you get the post game, uh, you get vlogs. Um, normally, me and Neil do post game uh, like our opinions on the game right after the game, either home or away. Um, get to see uh, coach coach uh, coach Miller, and then whichever players come in. Sometimes even practice, and then um, post game as well. 
And we also have uh, up on the YouTube as well, some one-on-ones from football season, all the stuff we've been able to do one-on-one interviews, which was a lot over the last few seasons. We've had a lot of one-on-one interviews, whether it's football, basketball, other sports, all that stuff is up on the YouTube as well. So we'd really appreciate if you guys would go over to the YouTube page and hit that subscribe button and get us up to that 1000. Yep. Yep. Okay. We got to do that. And, and, And JT, so, People need to go and uh, subscribe to Front Office News as well. Yep. Yes, sir. Go to the YouTube and then. It, oh yeah, go to the. I'm talking about the, the, website. the website in general. You don't have to subscribe to the website, but if you want, just you can go follow us on Front Office. I mean, on, on Instagram. Okay. Or whatnot, but you don't have to subscribe to the site, but just put it on your like save it to your favorites. So then you always just go to your ASAP. That's where all the news gonna be at. So just go ahead. You got a one stop shop. You can get to the YouTube page from the website. You can uh, check on being a sponsor from the website. You can see all the, the great articles that me and Neil are posting on a consistent basis, and keep a, keep an eye on what's going on with the Bearcats. And in the um, in our links to the podcast are on the website as well. So everything's so, one stop shop. So let me ask you this. So I know this is an impromptu thing. You didn't know I was gonna ask you to uh, promote your your content, but. Yeah. So what what makes your content different? So if, if I'm a Bearcat fan and I've got multiple different choices of places to go for content, why am I going to front office news All first right. or period? Oh, multiple reasons. So no, um, not to others. Like you don't have to pay if you want to um, get top tier content from us. Me and Neil are got our ear to the ground. Um, cover recruiting, cover the everyday ins and outs opinion pieces um check on the players that are in the nfl nba xfl you know what i mean so we kind of keep a good post on what's going on if they're bearcat related that information is probably going to be on our site um and if if we don't have it we probably will be able to tell you what's going on so it's, it's a it's a free site um that just provides a lot of the top tier coverage that's going on in the bearcat nation anything you want to add neil yeah, just as JT mentioned, it is a free website, so you do not have to subscribe to it or anything like that. So head on over to the frontofficenews.com. You'll be able to see all of our content, whether it's recaps. We'll, we also link the videos of press conferences and whatnot to the website as well, as well as the YouTube page. So you get the opinion pieces, you get the stories, you get the recaps, anything involving UC Athletics, we're there. And I mean, right now, I mean, it's a it's a busy time, obviously, with basketball season. And then maybe two weeks, roughly two weeks, you jump right into it with spring football. Yep. And then you have recruiting. So it's going to be a lot of great content coming out on the frontofficenews.com. So hopefully all you Bearcats fans uh, will head on over, subscribe to all of us. And we, we appreciate everyone checking us out. So we really hope you guys enjoy the content, enjoy the podcast. And if there's anything you guys want to hear from us or you got any questions for us, JT and I both are very active on social media. So our DMs are always open. So we would love to conversate with you, Bearcat fans. Maybe we can do a little something in the future to engage with all of you guys. So maybe get a little mailbag or something in where we can answer some questions for you guys. So just some ideas for the future. So we'd love to get involved with you guys and we appreciate you guys for checking us out. Sliding them DMs. Hey, um, so uh, you know what I got to pull up to? I got to pull up to a Bearcat baseball game um, this season, and uh, the so I got 
Let's see. Was it mm, last week? I was told that the Bearcats are traveling down to Gainesville to play the Gators in baseball next uh, Friday. And, okay. uh, yeah. So yes, my, that's where my family lives in Gainesville, Florida. My brother works for the uh, Florida Gators with the football and, uh, and he's in the athletic department down there. So um, hopefully the Bearcats can go down there and whoop up on them Gators in, uh, in baseball. And uh, yeah, got to go support the uh, Bearcats uh, baseball team this year, man. We, we, all three of us, we might have to pull up to a game. Check out shit. They might be better than the Reds. We might. They probably are. <laughs> probably more exciting to watch, actually. Yeah. I know. I covered some of the Bear uh, Bearcat baseball games last season. They're a fun team to watch. So we can also throw that out there if you guys have time. Make sure you head over to UC Baseball Stadium. Check out some of their games. Obviously, season starts tomorrow. They're on the road at Georgia State. So if you have the time when they get back in town, I believe the first home series is in two weeks. If you guys have the time. Come out and just check out a baseball game at UC Baseball Stadium, and you guys won't be disappointed. So come out and show those guys some support as well. We want to thank all Bearcat fans out there for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Go Bearcats!